Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Score Podcast, and we're back after over a month, and I'm joined by Chris Toner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, I'm all right. You? Yeah. I, I have been better, shall we say. Um, it's good to be back after over a month, um, and we've got a lot to speak about. And Chris, I'm going to hand the hosting duties to you this episode. So fire away, big man. No pressure. No, no pressure at all. Massive news story developed in the last couple of days. Um, there's no official word coming from anywhere yet, but it's widely expected that Stephen Gerrard is set to leave Rangers after Aston Villa are expected to make an official approach for him. So I'll pass over to you. You'll have a lot to say about that, your thoughts and feelings. Um, well, see when I first heard the news, um, at the start of the week that Aston Villa were interested in Steven Gerrard I, I was like no nah. I, I took it with a, a pinch of salt I wasn't thinking too much of it because we've seen Steven Gerrard link with Newcastle um, a few weeks ago we've seen Steven Gerrard uh, link with pretty much every Premier League job that has came up effectively and I just thought nothing of it so I've seen Roberto Martinez was meant to be Aston Villa's uh, fate, like that, they were, that. He was a number one guy to get it. So then, as the last couple of days have progressed, that's changed, and Steven Gerrard looks set to be the Aston Villa manager. Um, Rangers just uh, 20, 25 minutes ago granted Aston Villa permission to speak to Steven Gerrard. And I think Steven Gerrard is down in London today, meeting with yeah, um, who he had a very good working relationship with at Liverpool back in the day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Um, I'm more surprised at the timing of it, Chris. Um, we're in November. We're top of the league. We're in the League Cup semi-final. We're halfway through a Europa League campaign. We're on course to qualifying out the group. Um I just I can't uh, get my head around it to be honest. I'm stunned to say the least. Uh, it's looking likely it's happen. It's going to happen. Uh, I always did think that Stephen Gerrard was going to leave at some point. Chris, everyone knew that, um, but not at this point in the season and not this soon. And him going down to Aston Villa, in my opinion, Chris, is a big risk that I think he will potentially regret because if it doesn't work out at Liverpool no sorry if it doesn't work out at Aston Villa Chris is it, do you really think he's going to get that Liverpool job I don't think so if he stay if he stayed at Rangers for another two or three seasons right because his contract is up in 2024 the same time Klopp's contract is up right and Klopp has went on record in the past saying he would love for Steven Gerrard to replace him so if Gerrard stayed at Rangers, picked up a few more trophies, Liverpool job comes up, Gerrard's contract runs out. Let's be honest, right? I think he's the only guy on the planet who can jump from Rangers Football Club straight to Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, plus, you were talking about the timing of it all. You put a very well-worded tweet out about the timing of it all. Um, I think you summed it all up there. Um, but do you think you spoke about, like you took it with a bit of pinch of salt, would you say there was a bit of denial involved and that's how like the news that a move seems imminent, it hurt, hurts a bit more? Yeah, because we've seen stuff today from Sky Sports that 
Gerard is open to returning to the Premier League. So when I seen that, I looked into it, I'm like, okay, I think this is a non-story. Everyone knows that Gerard is open to returning to the, the Premier League. So I was thinking, right, it's a, a slow news week, international week. So they, the media are looking for something to speak about. So they just ran with it. Then not long after uh, I put something in the Scots School chat about it, saying this is just media manipulation, don't look much, too much into it. Um, a very reliable source um, from the local uh, press in Birmingham put a tweet out saying, yep, it's looking like it's done and dusted. Um, Aston Villa are aiming to announce Steven Gerrard as a manager in the next 24 to 48 hours. And that's a credible source because... See, this this came from Aston Villa. Aston Villa told their local press, right, this is what is going on. So, right, that's when I was like, oh, God, this is this is not looking good. And then the Telegraph also put an article out last night uh, mentioning about Stephen Gerrard going to Aston Villa. And it's three very credible journalists from England. And it gave me, it started ringing alarm bells there because these three credible journalists are not going to put their name to a story if it doesn't have any legs to it. So uh, yes, as as like as um, as I was saying, like at first I thought, no, I can't see this happening. It was I was just shrugging it off. No, he's not going to go to Villa. He's going to stay stay at Rangers. Um, but yeah, the, obviously that's not going to be case be the case now. It's it will take an, I think it'll take a miracle for for him to change his mind or for the, the talks to break down, you know? Yeah, um, obviously now, um, well, just a lot under three years ago, Brendan Rodgers felt left Celtic under somewhat similar circumstances. Um, he must be understanding a little bit now. I don't think the feeling's as toxic, or what I've not really scared Rangers Twitter, you will have, but would you say the reaction hasn't been as bad as the way Celtic fans reacted to Brendan Rodgers? Yeah. The, the reaction from Rangers fans, from what I've seen on Twitter, Chris, and some I've spoke to, it's been very mixed. I think the best way to sum, up, sum it up is, I think Rangers fans are they're not angry. They're just disappointed at the timing, especially after what Gerard said a couple of weeks ago after the Bromby game to Emma Dodds, where she asked him about his future. And he responded saying, I look happy. Uh, don't ask any questions then, I'm settled. And then obviously... He's done a complete 180. Um, I'm I'm disappointed. I'm hurt, but it's not as toxic as it was when Brendan Rodgers left because I felt as though Brendan Rodgers did really mislead the Celtic support and some of the things that he said, you know. But I, I still stand by. It. I think the way Celtic fans reacted to Rodgers leaving was way over the top and totally unnecessary. I could I can understand now, obviously in ways, the way they were feeling, but I would never say the, the way Gerrard's left Rangers has tainted what he's done at the club. I'll always forever be grateful for what he achieved at Rangers. And like four years ago, when he came into the club, we, we were a mess, a complete shambles. He did not have to take the job on. And I will always commend him for that. So because he came in, he rebuilt us from the ground up and he stopped 10 in a row. Like, honestly, Chris, 10 in a row was, and it was imperative that we stopped that. 
Because if we never, that's something Celtic fans would go on about for decades and decades and decades because it's never been done before. And last season was crucial for both sides. And honestly, God, last season was one that I will never, ever forget. And like they would say when we won the title that, uh, that day, or well, sorry, the weekend we got we clinched the title officially when Gerard was taking his car into Ibrox and he was getting hailed as a god. Rangers fans are treating him like 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 an absolute hero, you know. And it's he, like that's something that I know for a fact will stay with him for the rest of his life. And when he goes down south to Aston Villa, he's not going to get any of that. Like, because he, like, Rangers fans idolised Steven Gerrard. Like, idolised Steven Gerrard. Like, he, I, honestly, God, like, he, I, I, I looked up to him. <laughs> I do, and I still do. You know, he's, a, he's just an iconic figure in football. Um, So, yeah, it is, it is a real sore one. Um, But in regards to the reaction, is it the same as the way uh, Celtic fans reacted to Brendan Rodgers? No. Um. But I think Rangers fans are entitled to feel however, however they want to. Um, it's it's a mixed bag, obviously. Um, yeah, and it's just everything, everything right now is just extremely raw. Um, and it, like that's the thing. What's, what can Gerard realistically achieve at Aston Villa, right? They're, they're bored. Don't really give managers a lot of time. Dean Smith, I thought, was... Really unfairly sacked. He done a great job. They've got them promoted. They've just went on a, like a five-game losing streak. He would have turned that around. The dressing room liked him. Even Jack Grealish, when he got the sack, came out and said, "This man's the best manager I've played under." Um, like he's like exactly just shows you how respected he was, you know. Um, and they went through eight managers in the last decade. That just shows you they do not give managers time, you know. So. Aston Villa's aim is to eventually break into the top six. Aston Villa fans will want to see that happen quickly. Obviously, this season, they'll want to see a bit of progression, try and maybe climb up the table and make the top 10. That's what their aim will be. Or, or even, I think, right now, the minimum, bare minimum right now is to survive relegation, you know. But the, the, the Premier League gets cutthroat. So just say Gerald has a, a shocker of a start next season, and same thing happens with uh, Dean Smith. He goes on a five six game losing streak, and the fans weren't gone. He could be you'll get sad just like that. Will he get another job in the Premier League? Probably not, you know. And he'll only have himself to blame because it's just too much of a risk. And no disrespect to Aston Villa, but Rangers Football Club and even Celtic Football Club are much bigger football clubs than Aston Villa. Yeah, definitely. Um, touched a bit on the 55. Um, obviously, that's his legacy at Rangers. He'll be forever revered for that and stopping the 10 row because as you touched on, the massive bragging rights that would have gave Celtic, seen as it would have been totally unprecedented. Um, obviously, if he does indeed go as is expected, um, that will be his one major honour at Rangers in the last three and a half years. Does it matter that that's the his only major honour and that spell of time for a club like Rangers that's built on winning trophies year in, year out. Yeah, I remember at the title party, um, he got asked about that 
He was like, he got asked, so what's the future for Steven Gerrard? Are you, you want State Rangers? Is he still got unfinished business? And he replied saying, I'm just paraphrasing. He was like, yeah, I'm hungry. The, the, the cup thing doesn't sit right with me. I want us to go and defend this title with our lives. There's so much more work that, I, uh, that we need to do here. There's so much more I want to achieve. And he was like, I'm, I'm so happy here. This has got a special place in my heart, like the way it does with Liverpool, you know. So the way he was speaking after the title party, it seemed like he was in here for the long haul. That's what it seemed like. He was in here for the long haul. He was ready to get that cup record sorted, you know. Obviously, the one in nine is not great reading for anybody, right? But see that one, that that, that one trophy he's got, it's honestly, that was the most important one, you know. So, yeah, like, that's the thing. He's There's still so much more for him to achieve. And he even mentioned about wanting to take Rangers into the Champions League. This year, he failed on doing so. We're, we're back in the Europa League but we've still got a great chance of qualifying out of that. And if we win the title this year, right, just think just think how good this would look on his CV. If we win the title again this year, we're automatically in the Champions League group stage next year. That's £40 million we would get, right? And I know Gerard had some issues with the, the transfer budget this year. That The reason he, he was not given a lot of money was due to the fact that we didn't make the Champions League and we all thought we were going to, so the board obviously never gave him a lot, but if he just stayed put, or at least another season, we make the Champions League, and he just say he does well there, makes the last 16, but like, there's no reason to say why he could not make the last 16, when you look at his Europa League record, back-to-back last 16s, you know, that is a phenomenal achievement, so if he was, was backed next year in the transfer market, and we get a a, a favourable Champions League group. There's no reason why he could not get out of that. Make the last 16 and pick up a few more trophies and the like ECV will just bulk up even more, you know? And that and his CV would just look even more impressive and, and he'll be ready to go for that Liverpool job. And the Liverpool job, sorry, Liverpool fans will be much more accepting and uh, about Gerard obviously going to Liverpool when they'll be like, okay, we don't need to worry about experience or or his uh, ability, his inability, sorry, not to like win trophies, you know, because he's done that at Rangers. He's picked up a few cups, a few league titles, and he's done it in Europe. So if I'm being honest, it's a a daft move he's making. Only Steven Gerrard knows what's best for him. He's been at Rangers for about four years now. He knows what's best for him. But... I remember Graham Sooner said to a few months ago, we'd done an interview on TalkSport. When he was Rangers manager, looking back at it, he said the biggest mistake he made of his career was leaving Rangers to go to Liverpool. He said he just should have stayed at Rangers two or three more seasons and then went and went down to England, went down to Premier League. But obviously, when he was manager at Liverpool, I think he won a couple cups there, but he, he felt as though he underachieved. He went too soon. Steven Gerrard, in my opinion, is going far too soon, and especially to a club like Aston Villa. I don't think anybody thought he would go anywhere else. Everyone thought it was written in the stars. He would be a, a, a complete success at Rangers, and then eventually go to his dream job at Liverpool. You know, So a lot of Rangers fans tonight are just... Like, scunnered and disappointed.
yeah, absolutely. And um, in years to come, we'll see if they'll be saying similar words to Sooness. Um, so you, there might be an element of the Celtic support that say that Gerard, it was all about stopping Celtic and not the overall success of Rangers. What do you say to that element of Celtic support that might say that? What, like what Celtic fans were saying that it was just all about stopping the 10? Yeah, and that as if like Rangers are were obsessed with that and that the overall success of Rangers didn't matter. What do you say to that? Um I don't like see the 10, right? Obviously we, it was important we stopped that. But the main thing was just re, it was rebuilding Rangers and getting us back to where we should be, which was competing for a league title and being a strong outfit in Europe and winning things, you know. And four years ago it was the, it, like when Gerard took over at Rangers, it looked like us winning 55 and stopping the team is nigh on impossible, you know, and he rebuilded us from scratch. We, we, were, we were a tremendous success in Europe. Um, he brought the standards back to Rangers, something we had been lacking for years. We were a laughing stock for years, you know, um, and he got it as soon as he came to Rangers, he got it, you know, and I'll always be grateful for that and I'll never, ever forget that. You know, and I always did say to you, Chris, if Gerard, no matter what the circumstances are, if he gets 55, if he, whenever he leaves or at any point, I'll always wish, I would, I'll always wish him well and thank him for what he done. And I'll always have huge admiration and respect for him, you know, but when he came in, it was just all about rebuilding Rangers. Uh, and it, it, when he first came in, he didn't have a lot of money to spend. You know, in, in his first season, you've seen the improvement. We weren't, it wasn't exactly a proper title challenge, but we got close to Celtic and we managed to beat Celtic a couple times, you know. So, and yeah, it's it's like we don't have, we shouldn't have short memories. We should not have short memories, you know. Um, but it's even I do see him wearing that Aston Villa suit and holding the scarf. Above he said, that's when it'll really sink in. <laughs> and I, I don't think I'm prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the timing of this, um, with the benefit of it happening during an international break, um, a move like this, if it was going to happen, could have happened at a better time. Um, but it's imperative that Rangers get a new manager in soon. The, I think the first game back is a cup semi-final, which is a massive deal. Um, still got a European run to finish, so it is important for Rangers that someone with a star quality name comes in. Um, having a look at the odds just now, Giovanni Van Bronck, of course, obviously, that's a big deal. Um, all behind him, you wouldn't want him. Derek McInnes, um, you've personally said John Terry and Frank Lampard in the Scott Store chat. Um, so, who, what kind of manager, like, obviously these names are all just rumours just now, but what kind of manager needs to replace Stephen Gerrard? Um, well, I think it needs to be Someone with the, the same aura and stature is Stephen Gerrard, in my opinion. Um, it can't be a nobody. I'm sorry, Chris. It cannot be a nobody. It can't be, like, with, with the greatest respect, it can't be someone like Angie Postacoglu. He's doing fine right now. I'm just meaning, like, that kind of name. Someone who's unknown. We can't have that because we need to keep the momentum and the buzz going because there's a lot of Hot Rangers fans right now, Chris, and we need something to perk us up. It needs to be a big name, you know, so... Someone like Frank Lampard, that would excite the fans. That like I think Frank Lampard is a good coach. Um, I thought he'd done 
a decent job at Derby because before he took over at Derby County, Chris, they were a shambles, they were a mess, and he managed to take them to the playoff final. They, they came a bit short, they lost to Aston Villa, they got lost 2 1. Then shortly after that, he went to Chelsea, and um, he took over at Chelsea, yet again, under very difficult circumstances because Chelsea were under a transfer embargo at that point and just lost Eden Hazard. And it looked like a real tough job for Frank Lampard, but managed to get through it. Had a young squad. He's very good at developing uh, young players. Took Chelsea to the Champions League uh, spot that year. He finished fourth. Took him to the FA Cup final. Fell a wee bit short there, lost at Arsenal. Then his second season, um, it just didn't work out. He had a he, he was given a big budget um, and he just kind of lost the dressing room a bit. Had a falling out with some of the directors behind the scenes. You know, but yeah, that's it didn't work out in, in the end for Frank Lampard at Chelsea, but he's a good coach. He knows the game inside out. He studies it. Um, very articulate, smart guy. If he comes into the dressing room, he will have instant respect. He will have that aura. Uh, the exact same way Steven Gerrard does when, it does when he walks into a room. Um, so Lampard would be my number one choice, John Terry. Um, I don't think we'll get them as a package um, because I think John Terry wants to become a... a a manager now because he's done the assistant gig before. Um, John Terry was um, the assistant first team coach at Aston Villa. Um, he was very, very well regarded and well thought of um, at Aston Villa. Um, Jack, Jack Grealish has raved about him, said he's a great man manager, um, he's a great coach. Um, he, they, like, he really enjoyed playing under John Terry. Um, like, he, see, when he left Aston Villa, like he left in his own accord, like like they badly wanted to keep him, you know. But he he, he just didn't fancy, it, you know. And ever since John Terry left Aston Villa, you've seen how poor Villa have been this year. They've had a, a poor start to the season, and a lot a lot of Villa fans, from what I've been reading, um, they've said a big factor in that is the absence of John Terry because John Terry's no longer at the club anymore. So John Terry, yeah, I would absolutely love like to get him in. Um, John Terry's like one of my favourite footballers growing up. Um, in my opinion, he's the greatest ever uh, Premier League defender <laughs> of all time. Um, so yeah, John Terry, uh, I love him. Um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, um, he's he would be a very uh, excitement, uh, a very exciting uh, appointment. Um, his style of play would fit very well with his team because he likes to play a four-three-three. He likes the the fullbacks bombing forward, and he likes a, pos- a possession. Uh, style-based game, exactly what Steven Gerrard wants as well, or the way Steven Gerrard played at Rangers. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be too much of a change, you know. So and he's another what the, he's another a legend of the game. Obviously, used to play for Rangers. Um, I think that's who the, the fans want. I think that's the, the majority who the, the I think the majority of Rangers fans want him. So yeah, I would take Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. He'd, he'd done very well with Feyenoord. Um, he's good at developing players too. You know, I think he would be able to really get the best out of James Tavenier because James Tavenier has been a wee bit incons- inconsistent this year. You know, so yeah, hopefully we, he would be able to get James Tavenier firing in the all cylinders like he was last year. Um, Gattuso, um, that would be, well, that would be <laughs> exciting, shall we say, man? Yeah, that one too. Uh, he, would, he would take absolutely no nonsense, you know, but. Yeah, Gattuso, um, he done very well at Napoli. Um, Kyle Lafferty played under him, I think it was at Palma. 
spoke highly of him, said he was a great manager, took no nonsense, that's expected. Gattuso is a very fiery char- character. No filter, says how it is. Um, yeah, I would certainly take him. I, mean, I, I, I remember he said in the past he would love to manage Rangers. Um, he's another ex-Rangers player, you know. Um, you, you mentioned Denny McInnes is on the bookies odds. That could get in the bin. I think I've got... Uh, a better chance of getting a Rangers job than Derek McInnes, to be honest. Um, no Rangers fan with a, a functioning brain will want Derek McInnes four years ago. Um, I think we we all wanted Derek McInnes because that was the only realistic a, a manager that we could have got at the time. And then we wasted six weeks trying to do negotiations with him. Then, thankfully, he rejected us. <laughs> But yeah, that my top four would be in order: Frank Lampard, John Terry, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, and Gattuso. Yeah, I had um, a friend of mine, Celtic fan. Um, he suggested that that's kind of the market of manager Rangers are going for. Like, you can understand why. Like a big name footballer's got an aura to them that attract players to the club who want to play under them. Um, not all these. Ex players have the most managerial experience. Um, what would you say to like someone like I think Graham suggested something like a Lucien Favre, like managers with that kind of experience? Would you take someone like them? Mm, I, w- I wouldn't be against it. Is, is is this the one he was talking about the Granada manager? Oh yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't be against that. I, I wouldn't be against it at all. He's be he's very well thought of, um, but I, like put it this way, he wouldn't he would not be my my first choice. He wouldn't be because as I, I said, I want a big name. You know, I want a big name, but I, I certainly wouldn't be like, oh no, we can't go for him. You know, um, yeah, if we if we got someone like that, uh, it'd be intriguing. Um, it would I would definitely get behind them. You know. But ideally, I want a big name. Someone who can attract top, top players. Um, someone who's got that aura about them. You know, and the, the reason we were able to attract some of the players that we did, like the likes of Jermaine Defoe, Ryan Kent, Katic, Connor Goldson. And it, it, it was purely because of Steven Gerrard. Because they wanted to... But obviously, Rangers, they're a massive, massive club, right? But Steven Gerrard helped. He helped, like, convince them in a way, you know, so, yeah, because a lot of people want to play under these guys. There's a lot of pe- people out there who would want to play under Frank Lampard, John Terry, Gattuso, Van Broncos, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, we were, we were able to attract these kind of managers now. Four years ago, not like we were, we were very fortunate to get Steven Gerrard, to be honest. Like, I, I was like, when I first heard that, I was like, no, nah, Steven Gerrard's not going to touch us because we're a basket case. Like, he would want to stay down south, but he, he had balls and took the risk. And it worked out. Um, so, yeah, but, but, but like, you see any manager who comes in, they're walking into a great club, a club on the high, a club that's top of the league, a club that's doing well in Europe. They're walking in to a fantastic setup, a great squad of players, you know, and it's not like they're walking into like the situation Celtic in the summer or a situation with Gerard. Pardon me. Uh, a situation with Gerard four years ago when he came into Rangers and we were a basket case, we were a mess, and it was a rebuild, rebuilding job. Whoever comes in to Rangers, there's no rebuilding job. It's all set, set up for them, and a silver platter, 
to do well. You know, whoever comes in, they're winning a lottery ticket. Like it's not, it's an attractive job. Like it's not like it was before. Yeah, um, I think you've wrapped up quite nicely there. Um, but as absolutely, um, someone needs to come in soon. Um, not saying Celtic are like a threat as such, but it's been a funny old season so far. Um, Celtic have obviously been inconsistent and. Yeah, if they hadn't been so inconsistent with some of the results that Rangers have dropped, I feel like the league would actually be quite level pegging just now. So Rangers will want someone to come in and generate immediate results and really get a stronghold on that league. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know 100% because, see, I'll be honest, this season, we've not been as good as we were last year, last season. We've been, like, it's been quite stale. We've been grinding out results. We've dropped silly points, you know, because like just say we were firing and firing in all cylinders as we were last year. We we should be 10, 12 points clear of Celtic right now, you know, but we're only at four points, you know. Um and obviously I, I didn't want Steven Gerrard to go. I, like, I really did not want him to leave, you know, but who like who knows? Like I, I like new manager comes in, there might be a freshness around the club, maybe. Um, there might like because like there might be a I don't know a different style of play perhaps um, maybe a more fast style of play I don't know I don't know it's like it, it, like I, I was not prepared for this none of us were you know just especially at this point in the season um, but yeah it's like we have been a bit inconsistent in terms of our performances this year you know last two league games we've been outstanding scored ten, like ten goals uh, overall. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a very weird situation, you know. And who knows? I think Gerard might be like thinking, you know what? This I what I might do a Rogers and leave on a high, leaving a high. I'm leaving as a champion, top of the league, still in the cup competition, still in Europe. Leave while while my stock is high, you know. That might be his mindset, you know. But um, but. It, the alarm bells started going off for me in terms of his future, where I just started going about what is going on here. It's a bit odd. When he got asked about the Newcastle job a few weeks ago, and he didn't exactly rule it out. He just didn't like rule it out previously before when he got asked about the Derby County job, other jobs, he ruled himself out straight away. But when he got asked about this one, he I was a bit oh, just a wee bit like skeptical. He's like, he right away, he like he just didn't rule it out. He's like, I don't want to speculate in other jobs, you know. I was like, okay, that's a bit odd, you know. So yeah, strange one. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was quite a good segment. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, but I, I don't think I've uh, I've just checked my phone. I don't think I've heard anything. No, nothing's changed. Um, I think the like last also the last we heard that Villa speaking to Stephen Gerrard. You know, and when I seen the video of um Gerrard in London, and he was carrying a suit. A suitcase, like an actual like it's like well no it's like a bag sorry it's a bag with a suit in it like so I was like okay let's put two and two together we all know where he's going you know <laughs> yeah um, I heard that he was seen at the airport and the same as you the suit and it was like he's not down there just like wait carrying a suit for what he normally does like that's where he goes when it's international duty um, it's obviously a business trip yeah no exactly because a lot of people are trying to like dismiss it and say, like, oh, he's probably going down to see his family and that. And I'm like, see, like, let's put two and two together, right? The reports have came out about Aston Villa 
and he's spotted with his agent as well. So come on, like we're no stupid. Yeah, it all adds up. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's not as good to be back on the pod. I just did not expect it to be. Um, speaking about Stephen Gerrard departing Rangers, um, I don't think either one of us expected that. To be honest, no, I think we thought we'd be um, because we've obviously been off a month because we've been so busy with uni that um, it would be kind of just I uh, here's what's been going on, just gloss over everything the past month. But we had to devote an episode to this. Yeah, no, exactly. I know, um, because um, is it like. It's it's just crazy to think it's that, that it's happened, you know. I just didn't did, did not see it coming whatsoever, you know. But in um, in other news, um, very sad news, um, because obviously, as you said there, Chris, um, we've been off the last month, we've uh, missed quite a lot. Um, uh, Rangers legend uh, Walter Smith passed away um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he had an illness for a, a good while or so. Um, and it was it was heartbreaking news, Chris. Um, I, I was absolutely scurred with it. Um, he's he's Mister Rangers to me, the greatest Rangers manager of all time, an icon of the game, very very well respected. Um, and when I seen the news, my heart sank and I, I cried. I cried, Chris. I was I was devastated because um, Walter Smith was a big big part of my childhood growing up gave me so many special memories um, and the UEFA Cup run stands out purely because um, during that time um, I pa- my mum passed away and to help take my mind off things um, Rangers UEFA Cup run and how well we'd done in Europe helped, helped me get through that time you know and the uh, yeah, it was, it, like that's what it was meaning. Walter Smith is a big part of my childhood. Um, I seen us win league titles and cups under him, you know. And like when he when Walter Smith retired after we won fifty four, I was the age of fourteen, you know. Now I'm twenty four, and uh, sadly he's no longer with our, with his Chris. Um, but even in the other side of Glasgow, um, Celtic fans really respected Walter Smith as a manager as a person, and I, I think Celtic fans will always be grateful for the way Walter Smith conducted himself at Tommy Burns' funeral, where he carried the coffin, and that, 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 when you've seen that, it just shows you that it was, it was just, it was, it was a very special thing to see, you know, it just shows you it's not always about football rivalry like just like you just put that aside think things are bigger than that you know and that's I think that day I think a lot of Celtic fans are like that even Tyler McCoy's as well like what two incredible human beings but what's your thoughts on Walt Smith um just obviously it was really sad news um I thought Walter was an absolute gentleman in the game um everyone I, I don't think I found one negative word about him I've not even seen any trolls with any sick comments or anything so that shows a lot about how much he was respected um, he touched on um, him and Tommy Burns special relationship um, carrying the coffin at his funeral in fact even when Rangers got home from Manchester it was the morning after that that Tommy passed away um, Rangers were straight at Celtic Park laying a floral tribute to 
raptures of applause from Celtic fans. Um, um, obviously, you've touched on all the special memories that he's left you. Um, not being a Rangers man myself, but um, obviously he was Scotland manager for a time, so my memories of him are that time and that result over France in 2006. Yeah, and he was a, he was a good Scotland manager as well, Chris. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on with what you said. And it, like, see the thing is, what I really liked about that Scotland setup, it was Alan McCoy and Tommy Burns, Walter Smith. Three of them were the best of friends, you know, like they're the best of friends. And like, they, 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 see, back then, I felt it was all like, that, like, see, it doesn't matter, like Rangers and Celtic fans, and that, like, when it comes to like supporting Scotland, back then, there was it was just all about Scotland. It doesn't matter if that's a Rangers player playing or a Celtic player playing, whatever, it didn't matter. They still got behind the team. Now it's totally different, you know, like, where some Celtic fans or and Rangers fans have a resentment to the national team, you know. Because they do it, there's no real togetherness. But back then, there was, you know. And and another great Walter Smith story was um, when Tommy Burns was manager and Walter Smith was manager. Both of them were getting interviewed before the old firm derby, and the interviewer asked them both, "So what are you doing after this?" He's uh, getting a wee drink after it, and Walter was like, "Yeah, I get a wee drink after. It. I think it's Tommy's round." So <laughs> it just shows you ninety minutes. They're going at it right after it. They go up to their office, have a wee pint, and have a laugh. You know. But you'll never see that nowadays, you know. But it's like Walter Smith and Tommy Burns and Alan McCoy's friendship was—it was iconic. <clears throat> um, it was great to see. Um, but sadly, we'll never like see something like that anymore, you know. And like, it, like the tributes that were that were coming in about Walter, they were beautiful to see. As we all know, Twitter is like a cesspool of negativity and trolls. But that day, it was it was lovely to see. Like every section of the football world come out and wish uh, Walter's family uh, all the best. Um, and sending, their th- sending um, Walter's family their, th- their uh, thoughts and prayers, you know, and, and all these great Walter Smith stories coming out. It was, it was lovely to hear. And Alan McCoy, the legend that he is, an absolute gentleman of a guy. When the news became official, he'd done a, a lovely emotional tribute on talk sport um, and honest to God commend the guy I commend the guy so much for going on air in front of with hundreds of thousands of people listening and doing that it was a real testament to what type of guy Alan McCoy is you know and uh, yeah of course I, I, Walter Smith will be will be absolutely missed and uh, just one one last wee thing on Walter um, I actually met Walter Smith Six years ago, outside the Ibrox, I was just going into the stadium and then I seen Walter Smith going in and then he he was just signing a few autographs. I was incredibly nervous. I, I was like, oh my God, there's Walter Smith. I was shaking and everything. And then I'm like, right, I might not get this opportunity again. So I go up to him, I'm like, hi, Walter, um, my name's Scott. Is it possible if I can just get a wee photo? And he was like, yeah, no problem, son. Get a wee selfie and I'm like, oh, thank you very much, uh, Walter. Uh, shook his hand. And he was like, no problem, son. Enjoy the game. We pat in the back. And I was like, oh my God, I, I met Walter Smith, you know. And uh, I've still got the selfie to this day. Um, I, think I'm, I think I'm definitely going to get it framed, you know, because uh, it's a very special picture to me. So I was uh, I was very lucky, even though it was just very briefly. I, could, I was, I was lucky, to, lucky to meet the great man. Yeah, cherish that one. Yeah, no, absolutely, you know, but... Um, yeah, just sending Walter Smith and his family all the very best, all the very best. Um, 
But uh, just to finish up, we'll just uh, briefly speak about um, the old firm side of things, recent results. Chris, what do you make of uh, recent results for Celtic? And uh, and Angie Postacoglu obviously getting manager of the month today. Um, what's your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> apart from the um, weather result the other weekend, uh, things are going fairly well. Um, still an outside chance of getting through in the Europa League, but uh, the doubleheader win over Ferenc Varos, um, Scott is in good stead for even dropping down into the Europa Conference League, which I'd want to save quite a good crack at. Um, but yeah, the weather result, uh, that one might eat away at us in the long run. Um, that horrible penalty miss from Jack and Marcus. Yeah, I, see that penalty, I could not believe it, Chris. That was got to be one of the worst penalties I think I've ever seen, <laughs> you know. And um, I think it was just deserved. I did not think it was a penalty at all. It was it was just a wee slap in the head from the Levy defender. Then Kyogo just goes down like a ton of bricks. It was like, it was weak as anything. One, of, In my opinion, one of the worst decisions I've ever seen, you know. So that must have been frustrating though, Chris, like dropping points um, to... Livy, <clears throat> but you're in good stead in terms of the Europa League for getting the confidence. I think the next two games against Real Betis and Leverkusen is just going to be too much of a jump for you to do, you know. So yeah, probably the like you see the confidence. So you I would, like I, I definitely would not scoff at that because like I've even said as well, there's a good chance that we will. No, sorry, that we could actually drop into the conference. I would still want us to take it seriously, you know, because it's the first time the conference is actually happening, you know, and you would want to be the first winners off it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not like hundred percent, you know. But so, see, um, as of late, uh, Jota's been on form for Celtic. Um, he looks to be a, a real good player for you. Um, obviously, he's on loan. A lot of Celtic fans are uh, coming out and saying that they desperately want. Um, the board to fork out the cash for Jota. How much do you think Benfica will want for him? Um, haven't heard an exact figure, but um, I think it's actually not too bad a figure that we could get him with the option to buy. Um, so if it's not going to be too expensive, then absolutely fork out the cash for him because he's really improving the team at the moment. Yeah, because he does seem like a, a real good player, you know. But it's just, uh, like, we've went over it plenty of times before, it's just the uh, defensive frailties with Celtic right now because it, going forward, Celtic do look exciting, playing some decent stuff, you know, but it's the defence that is letting Celtic down in terms of leaking goals in. And I'll come on to that as well. Uh, obviously, the, the final score at the weekend there was 4-2 to Celtic against Dundee. Um, we need to touch on it. Um, start the game. Uh, it was a minute silence. Um and it was Celtic fans just chanted right through it. Um, yeah, like we were speaking about in the Scott Score chat, you were disgusted and embarrassed by what was going on. Um, what was your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, as you say, it's completely disgusted and embarrassed. Um, it's a talking point every year. Um, I, I think it's the poppy, it's an entirely personal matter if you don't want to wear it. Um, but when it comes to minute silences, if you're not going to come at the game, don't come to the game and not observe it just don't come and desecrate it because it's just absolutely disgusting behaviour paints the club in a seriously negative light that these kind of fans engage in such behaviour and what really annoyed me about Sunday there was um, the fact that obviously it's this time of year again so the media are out to get us for it um, 
and they follow up with this equally embarrassing tennis ball protest against the rumoured appointment of Bernard Higgins that forced the game to be temporarily halted. Set meant to send a message to the board that the ball's in your court. Um, there was a tweet as well after it. I'll find it. I should have found it for... Um, because I want to read this because I was just like... Oh, here it's here. Celtic shared, if you are more embarrassed or ashamed about supporters staying silent for 30 minutes or by some tennis balls on a pitch, then you are a, about Celtic appointing a man who systematically targeted and criminalised their support. Perhaps you should reevaluate your priorities. I mean, what kind of loser mentality is that? Yeah, that is embarrassing. Like, let me guess, he's got a Twitter profile picture of himself, no? Um, it's one of these Celtic accounts, so oh, it's, yeah, like, um, yeah, it's always those Celtic accounts that hide behind a faceless profile picture and they come out with that embarrassing garbage. It's 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 tragic, and but like that's that's that element, see that element of the Celtic to support that's the ones that you do not even want to associate yourself with. That's just they're just they're just losers, like genuinely. You know, and they're the people, like as you said, that Celtic should try and weed out the club. You know, because um, like, like, like as you were saying, the minute silence, right? All you need to do is just stand there, don't say anything. But no, you get these idiots who will just embarrass the club. More negative headlines for Celtic. That's the last thing they need when it comes to the when it comes to this stuff every single year. You know, so and the tennis ball thing. That was what was that about? It was just bizarre it's like they see these sections of a, of the, the the away support at Celtic they, I, I just don't understand them it just seems like they're all like young people like and they're like young like teenagers and they're just out to just act like idiots I've had a few drinks before the game and just go there and cause trouble and just sing all these offensive songs you know it's it's a, like they, they're just they're the type of Celtic fans that just became Celtic fans and got into football probably when Brendan Rodgers took over. And that's why I think nowadays uh, that element of the Celtic uh, fan base are so self-entitled. Self and we've seen that last year as well. And Lennon said that. Remember, where he, remember when he came out and said it's like he, he, didn't, he doesn't have a, a relationship the, the way he did once when he was at Celtic 10 years ago because of this, yeah. like, be the Celtic fans, you know. So I don't think he was referring to the likes of you and Joe. I think he's referring to this new breed, this new like this new wave of Celtic fans who they've the only thing they've known is success and Rangers being crap. Then Rangers started to be good again and they couldn't handle it. And they went up to Celtic Park throwing bricks at the bus and throwing railings at police officers. Like see, ten years ago, um when Rangers won fifty four, you didn't see Celtic fans acting like that. No, didn't. definitely not. No, didn't see certain fans acting like that, you know. So, yeah, um, we'll uh, move on. We'll just uh, speak about, obviously, we spoke about Rangers quite a bit, but in terms of recent results for Rangers before Stevie G actually departs, um, our form has been rather inconsistent as well, obviously. Like, like we played Hearts and we pretty much battered Hearts to the full game. Then the last at the last minute, they score, make it one each. Then shortly after that, we played Bromby, beat them 2-0. Bromby are a poor side. And that was obviously when Steven Gerrard done the Emma Dodds interview and said he was happy and that and he blah blah blah. And then like, we dropped. And then obviously we like we played this is one, one game that kind of annoys me as well. This is where 
it's got to be probably one of the worst performances of the season. Played uh, Aberdeen and we drew two each and we're 2 0 down. You know, we're 2 0 down. Um, credit to the players for coming back in that game, right? But we allowed Scott Brown to score in his Ibrox. Like, come on. Celtic fans love that one, I know. <laughs> Aye, like, like, we allowed Scott Brown to score in his, you know, like, you know, and like, that's the thing. No, well, just, like, see, the, even in the games against Aberdeen, we were just far too predictable, far too passive, constant passes to the sideways. It was excruciating to watch at times, you know. Um, and obviously, we, we are we, recently we have been missing the big guns like Ryan Kent and Ryan Jack, you know. And uh, see, our defence, as of late, it has been terrible. Like, like Connor Goldson has been shocking, you know. Um, I, I said it um, at the game at the weekend, like, I was like, see the things so we need to get the situation sorted because Connor Goldson's head right now is not with it at all. He's been leaking in goals left, right, centre. He's, def- def- he's defensively, he's just been all over the place. He's just, he's, his head's not in it. So we need to get his contract situation sorted as soon as possible because we don't know what's going on. It's alarming the fact that he's not signed a new deal yet. And he, I think he knows he needs to get, like, you see this contract he's going to be signing. His next contract's probably going to be his last you know, so I think he's just weighing up his options down south and what's happening at Rangers, you know. But with Gerard going, I think we could see Goldson out the door in uh, January. Um, I could probably see him at Aston Villa, to be honest. Um, but yeah, whatever happens with Goldson, we need to find out. We need to find out what's happening, get the situation sorted, and then take it for there, you know. But it's good that um, Ryan Kent is back, back in the squad. Um, because he scored a world day at the weekend against Ross County. Like, we so badly missed him down that left-hand side, you know, and he's just a top, top player, you know. But um, with Steven Gerrard going, I'm quite worried that he could depart the club in January. I imagine Gerrard will want him Aston Villa because Ryan Kent is a Premier League quality footballer, you know. Um, but in terms of players going out the door because Gerrard's left, in January, I could probably see maximum two and that could be Kent and Goldson. Like, I don't see this. I don't see a plethora of, of top players leaving. I don't do not see that at all. End of the season, perhaps, but it's all depends. It's all depending on who comes in to the club, you know. But yeah, that's how I know. Like, we're not, we're, we're like, we're not going to sell all our best assets in January. Like, that's just not going to happen. It's just not realistic. If we do that, we're going to give you a great chance to go on and win the league. <laughs> Yeah, we're kind of licking our chops that way. Well, obviously, it depends on who comes in and replaces Gerard, but there's obviously that element of the support that are kind of licking our chops, thinking, depending on what happens from here, this league could be tip for the taking now if Rangers start to slip up. Yeah, it's just the main thing is maybe we need to get a, a manager in before that semi final because we should not put the pressure on Graham Murty again and put him in caretaker charge. It's not good for him. It's not good for us. He will not want to do it again after no. what happened in his second uh, stint of being caretaker manager, where it just ended so badly. It was so toxic. Um, like because yeah, he had a fallout with squad. Uh, he had a fallen out with squad. The, the the fans wanted him gone. It was it was just bad to watch. It, it, he won't he won't want to do that. And I think Graham Murphy is a good coach. I think he could be a decent, capable manager one day at a small level, like with, where there's not a lot of eyeballs on him. It was like, it was very unfair of Rangers to throw him in, into that position because 
he was not able to cope with that. He, he, like, he didn't have the, the capacity to deal with that. I remember we, I watched an interview where we lost to, I think it was Dundee, I watched an interview with him after the game and he was near enough in tears. He could not cope with the pressure. You know, so it's imperative that we do get an appointment in by the semi-final. And Ross Wilson, this is where he needs to put his money where his mouth is. I know for a fact that he is already getting a shortlist set up right now of managers. He's probably already speaking to managers. Um, he's the type of guy that does not leak stuff to the press. He's very astute that way. So, yeah, he, he'll know himself, right, we need to get someone in as a, the same box office and calibre as Steven Gerrard. You know, so, yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy few days for Ross Wilson and the Rangers board. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely will be. <laughs> yeah, so is there anything else that you want to touch on, Chris, before we shoot off? Uh, just uh, good luck to Scotland. Uh, double header. It's basically a winning in against Moldova on Friday night. It would turn the Denmark game on the Monday night into an effective exhibition with the Danes having already qualified for the World Cup. So do the job Friday. We could have a free run against a top team. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Scotland will get the job done, and I'm confident of it. Um, I think, do you know what? I think, I think the, the players will be up for it. They because all they know, all they know is we just won that, and then that's his for through. So yeah, I'm confident Scotland will get the job done. I'm going to go for a, a two 0 Going to go for a two 0 and yeah, Scotland will be in the playoffs. For me, if Scotland, but if, even if uh, Scotland do make the playoffs. Do I see us winning the playoffs? Me being Mr. Negative, probably not, because we will end up coming up against a good team. And I think that, that could be us, you know. But we'll wait and see, wait and see. But, Chris, a pleasure as always. Thank you very much for hearing me uh, <laughs> have a wee uh, rant about what's going on. <laughs> but until uh, next time, guys, fingers crossed, Scotland uh, win on Friday and we make the playoffs. So until then, take care and we'll see you soon.